0: Tuesday, June 12th. Welcome to Market Foolery. I'm Chris Hill joining me in studio today from Motley Fool Stock Advisor Jason Moser, from Million Dollar Portfolio Joe Tenabruso, and from Motley Fool Inside Value Uncle Joe Maker. Gentlemen, good to see you.
1: Yeah, yo, yo. we you. It is
0: all Apple today. So just for our dozens of listeners, if you're not a fan of Apple, if you're not interested in Apple, just go ahead and skip to whatever is the next podcast in your queue because we are going to be digging into the uh, developments from the uh, the Worldwide Developers Conference that was yesterday. There's a lot to get into: uh, a new MacBook, a new Maps application, the expansion, and probably eventually world domination of Siri. Um, so we'll we'll get into all of that. But I just want to go down the table real quick and get your headline for the conference. Obviously, Apple was making a lot of announcements yesterday. But Joe Maker, I'll just start with you. What's your headline?
1: Evolution, not revolution.
0: Okay, pithy. I like it, Jason. You know, it
2: does seem like it doesn't seem like Apple's been making a lot of news here with this. It just didn't have the fanfare that you get with like a new iPad or a new iPod. But man, it sure must be nice to be in that uh, apps development market. I mean, five billion dollars paid out to developers over over the past few years.
3: That's been a significant market. Joe Tannabruso, what's your headline? I think the improvements to the MacBook Pro shows Apple's commitment to the enterprise space, and I think there's a huge opportunity there going forward.
0: All right. Well, so let's dig into that because um, you know, Joe, you you went on uh, CNBC last night and uh, Asia, CNBC <laughs> Asia. It's still CNBC. It's true. You must have a huge fan base in Asia. Oh, I'm huge
1: in Singapore. Um,
0: but but uh, <laughs> dozens of viewers. Dozens of viewers. I know that one of the things that that you were talking about was just sort of the you know uh, with all the news focused on the MacBook, it's not really a huge part of their business. Is that fair
1: to say? Yeah, it needs to be kept in scale. It's only about 12% of revenue. A year ago, it was 20. And the unit's actually doing very well. <laughs> Sales of Macs are up. It's just that iPhones have blown away uh, the rest of the space inside there. It's about 58% of revenue comes from the iPhone. The rest is predominantly from the iPad. So, just something to keep in mind when we're getting all worked up about the MacBooks.
0: Well, so I'll go back to you, Joe So, um, I mean, you're saying that this is sort of a, a commitment on the part of Apple, because I was saying before we were taping, I was talking with uh, our producer, Matt Greer, saying, you know what, it actually wouldn't shock me all that much if a few years down the line, Apple just essentially folded a line like the, like the MacBooks. Is that, is that just ignorance on my part? Feel
3: free to say yes. See, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I just see it as a tremendous opportunity, Chris, because you know, one of the first things I usually hear from people when I speak to them about Apple is their hesitation with the market cap. And how big Apple is as a company. You're talking about investors thinking about buying shares. Right, exactly. And it, it's usually their one of their first concerns. And, and it goes back to they, they have a hesitation as far as how much can Apple continue to grow from this point on. And to Joe's point, the Macs are uh, a lesser part of their revenue you know, compared to other products like the iPhone and iPad. But that's where the opportunity lies. Right now, Apple's PC global market share is only about 6%. So you know, in time, I could easily see that number doubling. They also cut. Yeah, I, oh, I don't know.
1: I feel like I heard that 15 years ago. <laughs> I mean, I get your point. Well,
3: but 15 years ago was it three? Then it would have doubled, right?
1: I, have I no guess. I'm just <laughs> well, well, here's why.
3: I'll touch on that a little bit further. On the enterprise side, you know, it started with the iPhones, with employees bringing their phones into work, and then get starting to get support from their IT departments. You know, that expanded with the iPad, which has had tremendous adoption from corporations. The final piece of that ecosystem or that puzzle is the Macs. And I really think that if corporations can have a unified ecosystem with their phones, with their tablets, and ultimately with their desktops and laptops, you know, I think that simplifies their IT infrastructure, and I think that's where Apple can really drive value and capture market share going forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, to their credit, you know, the PC market is stagnated, but that's partially because of the amazing job they've done with smartphones and iPads. I mean, I personally use my laptop at home now only when I have to fire off an email or work on an article or do some spreadsheet Olympics. Otherwise, I just use the iPad. I think there
2: probably is something to what Joe's saying here about the the integration. Wait, which Joe? Joe T. (laughs) (laughs) Joe T. He's talking about the integration for companies. Because you look at even uh, this movement for airlines. We've seen where Scoot Airlines, which is what part of of Beijing or uh, Beijing Air, I think, and they're they're actually taking the entertainment systems out of their planes to save weight, and they're replacing them with iPads. And so you're seeing this movement where I think uh over time they're not only saving weight on the planes they're saving costs and saving down on you know cutting down on fuel costs as well so if this is a movement where maybe you know, companies are able to integrate more with iPhones, iPads, iPads iMacs, uh, or MacBooks, whatever. I think that's certainly something that, that uh, is is still on the horizon.
0: One of the storylines in the media today is about various companies, not named Apple, and sort of what what all of Apple's announcements yesterday mean for them. When you're looking at MacBooks, Joe Mager. Uh, you've got Intel and Microsoft really trying to compete with the Ultrabooks. Uh, Apple cut prices on a few of their MacBooks. What what are you thinking if you're Intel and Microsoft today?
1: I'm not really worried if I'm Intel because they're actually using Ivy Bridge processors for the new lineup. So that's not an issue if you're Intel. Now, if you're Microsoft, the stock traded off a little bit. Microsoft did because people were worried about what looks like a very slick operating system and they have had traction and they're gaining a little bit of share. You know that said, I don't know. They roll out a new OS pretty regularly. It always gets rave reviews, and their market share is still you know mid single digits. I think Microsoft still has a pretty strong grip on the OS space. I think they have bigger problems on their hands from Apple than competing on the PC side. And I think it's really just dollars and mind share they're getting eaten up from iPads and smartphones.
2: And it's just a fun, fundamental way of looking at it. I mean, either you see, well, they have a very small amount of market share. And that's just perpetually going to be a a hill that they have to climb up, or they have a small amount of market share, and that just represents a tremendous opportunity ahead. And I think that really, more so, it represents an opportunity ahead. I think it's just going to take a long time to get there. I I don't know that I'll. Ever need an Apple PC or a MacBook Air or something like that. But my wife, for example, has expressed interest in getting a MacBook Air, so we're probably going to have one more Apple device in our house at some point here soon. <laughs> and it's going to be a personal computing device, obviously. And and so I think that you see over time, you know, fifteen years, however long it takes, I I don't see that market share doing anything but going up over a long period of time.
0: Let's move on to the maps because that also got a lot of attention. And Joe Mager, I'll start with you. This this seemed to be um, among other things, a very clear signal that Apple is gunning for Google, at least with respect to this space. And and Google Maps are, you know, are um, if they're not dominant in the space, they probably should be. I, I mean, they are I, 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 th- I, th- I mean, I think it's a, it's a great application. You Don't use MapQuest. Not, <laughs> not for a while now. Um, uh, what are you thinking if you're Google and you see this news and uh, and obviously Garmin? Uh kinda took a little bit of a hit. It's up it's up about three percent as we're taping today, but uh, that doesn't make it come free. back. Yeah, but that doesn't make <laughs> up for yesterday when it got whacked to the tune of about eight percent.
1: Yeah, well these are definitely different orders of magnitude. If you're Garmin, this is just a stark reminder that your product has become a feature on other people's products. It's like a calculator. It's put on everything these days, and yeah. it's hard to imagine why you'd buy an individual device that just does that one thing when you can own an iPhone or an Android, you know, powered by Google that's basically providing all these different services rolled up into one. And, you know, ultimately, I think you're going to see Garmin have a long, slow, painful fade. For Google, I don't think this is as a huge a deal as people are making it out to be. I also don't know that. Apple's maps are necessarily going to be better than what Google offers. It looks very slick, but Google came out just last week showing off huge upgrades on their own system. To me, they sound pretty comparable, and I don't know that that's going to be a big differentiator. But in the past, you know, a lot of people have gone with Android because it does have better maps because they don't turn on all the bells and whistles on the iPhone version that they do on Android. So,
0: Joe Tenabreso, what about that? Do you do you think that? Um, to, to Joe Mager's point, this actually says more about Apple's mindset with respect to Google as a competitor than it does about uh, the map application. I mean, is ultimately this a bigger deal on a corporate competition level than it is about, like, yes, obviously they're rolling this out, they want it to be successful, but is this really more about um, having Google in its
3: sites, you know, for other things as well? I do. I agree with that completely because it's not the only step that Apple's taken to distance itself from Google. Uh, we've also seen that it's going to be using Baidu as its search provider in China. So, you know, it's quickly escalating to almost like a blood food Uh, Between Apple and Google. You know, Apple's going to try and reduce its reliance on Google as much as possible going forward.
2: It is. And I mean, that
3: old Steve Jobs, while he was still
2: alive, I mean, the word that comes back to me every time is thermonuclear. I mean, he said they were going to go thermonuclear on Google here when they opened up the floodgates and started, you know, dealing with all the compatibility issues and what apps would work with what. So there's no question that Apple has Google set in its sights in this capacity. And, and, you know, to Joe Mager's point here, I, I think it really is going to all depend on how the actual product performs. Because, you know, if someone goes in there and uses an Apple map and, and says, man, this thing just sucks. I can't I, <laughs> get me from point A to point B. I'm going to go back to my Google product that I know that's reliable. And so, it's really going to depend on how it performs. Yeah. And, I
1: mean, they have choked on a few recent software offerings. Um, you know, iCloud, I don't know that I'd say it's all that strong an offering, and it's a couple years behind the curve. And Siri gets pretty cleanly mocked by just about anyone who provides <laughs> reviews these days.
2: Yeah, I'd say that the fact that Siri is on the new iPad, normally something like that it would get like iPad envy, I just got this new iPad, and I'm like, man, I got the latest device, and they're talking about Siri being out on the new one, and I don't really care all that much. I don't want to yeah. talk to a computer that gets confused, so.
3: But, I mean, on iCloud, I think 125 million people seem to like it, so they seem to be I mean, doing okay. Well, they might okay. be using I'm, it. That yeah. doesn't
1: mean they like it. I have it at home, and, the, well, I almost use a swear word, but it doesn't... <laughs> It doesn't work as often or as well as I would like.
0: You can use profanity, but then then Mac has to use the bleep button, or we'll just designate the podcast as explicit. Uh, Got to give uh, a shout out to our colleague uh, Evan New, who last week wrote an article for Fool dot com entitled "Is Siri About to Come to the iPad?" Um, it, it, Jason, it it seems like if nothing else, this is this is more business for Nuance Communications, which is the company sort of. Powering Siri it, it uh, yeah I think it represents another great opportunity
2: for nuance nuance is a company that we follow over a stock advisor and it's it's a little bit tricky to get your head completely around everything that they do because they power everything from the uh, voice recognition in Siri to you know, helping voice transcription in, in the healthcare field as well uh, but at the end of the day you know when you look at what nuance does there are very few companies that really do it as well as they do in helping to develop that technology to make it better Nuance is very good at Plucking out those little acquisitions to sort of bolt on and make their their business bigger and stronger, a lot of talk out there before about Apple possibly acquiring nuance and it seemed to be really you know more outside of apple's wheelhouse than, than they really needed to go uh, where they could just focus on having a relationship with a company like nuance and so I think we'll continue to see them operate separately and I think
0: we'll continue to see nuance uh, be successful uh, T, what you know looking one two three years out, what is the big opportunity for Siri? Is it ultimately to get it to the point where um, it's uh, an integral part of Apple's television offering when it eventually gets released, or or is
3: it something else? I, I think you hit the nail on the head, Chris. I think that's the next step uh, integrating Siri with the television and separated it from, you know, existing products. And, uh, you know, at a recent conference we heard Tim Cook say he's doubling down on Siri. You know, Apple's devoting a lot of resources into getting this you know, to the best position it can be in. And uh, I think we're going to see its uses expand going forward considerably.
2: And to substantiate that, I mean, that's we've also seen the same thing on Nuance's calls, where they are really focused on mobile coming into the living room, and we know that they're working with Apple to get that done. They see it as a huge market opportunity.
0: Is it an opportunity, Joe Meager, for someone else as well? I mean, to your point, it, it it takes you all of about five seconds on YouTube to find comedy videos essentially mocking Siri, uh, mocking the application. Uh, is that an opportunity for someone like Google or someone else? Or, um, or are they just going to sort of cede the space over to Apple?
1: They don't seed anything to Google. <laughs> and this is another example of how Apple finds something that someone else is doing and they're doing it just all right, and Apple comes back and does it in a way that's not even necessarily better, but it's packaged in a much better way, and Mm. people get really excited about it.
2: And it's got an Apple on
1: it. So (laughs) Google has been doing voice search for a couple years now. People who use it love it, it's very successful, it's very accurate, and yet we would almost forget that that's even the case, right? Like, no one talks about that anymore now that Siri exists, even though hardly anyone is happy with Siri. Now, it's good that they rolled out a lot of upgrades yesterday on what Siri can help you with, that's great. Uh, They're going to need to keep Sports scores,
0: for example.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know, cool. Uh, I mean, all those little things, in fairness, do add up, but they're going to have to keep improving the quality. And frankly, it's not just the data that's being kicked back or the features. They're going to have to improve the ability of Siri to understand people. I know plenty of people, my wife included, that it just doesn't understand. Like, it can't pick up her accent. So it's effectively just a useless piece of equipment or feature, except when we 're like at home the AC is off it 's absolutely silent <laughs> in the home. And my wife is like focused on speaking clearly um, otherwise it doesn 't do much for am us. I the
0: only one who thinks that the commercials for Siri the television commercials are just getting increasingly weird with with these celebrities who are just in their homes by themselves apparently lonely
2: they just do such a great job of painting it as something that you would actually use when the reality of the situation is. I don't find it all that functional at this point in my life.
0: Yeah, maybe I just, I'm not like Zoe Deschanel, and I don't need tomato soup delivered to my house, but I don't know. Joe T, do you you use it?
3: You know, I I don't use it myself too much, um, but as far as uh, commercials that you mentioned, you know, I read an interesting piece, I think it was in Business Week recently, where they said that, you know, Apple's marketing commercials haven't been maybe up to par from what we're used to in terms of Apple's just being phenomenal, Mm -hmm. but um, their product placement, has actually been exceptional on TV, which is becoming more and more important as people watch commercials less, you know, with features like DVRs and whatnot. And um, Apple doesn't pay for their product placement. So it's it's a huge source of marketing for them that really uh, gets the brand out there. But, uh, you know, it, it doesn't impact them on, on a cost basis.
1: Yeah, I mean, while will keep taking shots at Siri, I do think there is a real opportunity for Apple in terms of chipping away at Google. And I think that that's a much better route through Siri than through Maps. Uh, Siri has the potential to be your one-stop shop for answers and you know, facilitating decisions within your little personal ecosystem of your calendar and reminders and that sort of thing. And I think that if Apple can keep bolstering Siri and improving quality and then keep just spreading the speech keep spreading the seeds like they're doing with uh, Ford and other car manufacturers, where they're actually going to be putting these in cars, if they can make it a high-quality offering, that could be potentially dangerous.
0: Joe Meager Jason Moser, Joe Tenebruso. Guys, that'll do it. Thanks. Thank Thanks. you. As Thank always, you. people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about, and The Motley Fool may have formal recommendations for or against, so don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. That's it for this edition of Market Foolery. Our producer is Mac Greer. I'm Chris Hill. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.